you broke bitches. Don't you know what the eyebrow wax looks like? Damn. Oh, shit. All right, yeah, we'll get that out of there. Are we ready to roll? Good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tits. Starring the tits. Start. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. <laughs> the podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another episode of the podcast, the home episode. <clears throat> As always, I'll be the host of this here podcast, great podcast from all the land, all the land. Uh, all right, he's back. He survived. Uh, down in the bottom spur today. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? I'm feeling good, boys. I am. I'm back. You're right. I'm raw dog and veggies to bring myself back from the brink of death. And uh, in the desert, I was, you know, uh, chasing Miamians or whatever they call themselves and and having a blast. Let's do this. Nice. All right. Back to getting the studio all set up, recording and editing properly. <laughs> Matt Connor, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Chad. Great to see you. All right. So first, some bad news. If you listen to the latest episode of the, uh, the home episodes, uh, <clears throat> we had on a fighter and he was awesome but uh, unfortunately cage sport has been canceled this weekend due to uh COVID restrictions in pierce county so if you're gonna go or you bought tickets like don't go go to Ticketmaster, get your refund but since we were pimping it so hard i figured i better tell everybody yeah yeah and Cobb, you would have liked this guy because like people could only hear him they couldn't see him he was so confident but he was still smiling but like we got off the uh, zoom with him and i was like matt that guy kind of scared me Dude, the lighting, too. It was just yeah. like dimly. And he was just he had it in. Yeah, he was badass, but he was very calm and very awesome. But <laughs> yeah, I was I thinking him, about that lighting. Yeah, Cobb, I asked him my standard question. Like, all right, a week from two weeks from now, the fight's over. Like, what do you want? Burger, ice cream, a beer? And he's like, I guess a scoop of ice cream and a cook. E- either way, I'm just worried about the fight. Like, damn. Wow. wow. God damn. Dude, I love how so you're talking about backgrounds. Obviously, people listening can't see uh see this, but we're all together on on Zoom. And Matt look right now looks like he's in a penitentiary. He's wearing an orange oh. like jumpsuit shirt thing. Behind him is like a flat, like a, a flat little like cot with a bedroll. And I'm just like, dude, that guy's in prison for sure. And like, plus it doesn't help he's got giant ass biceps. You know what I mean? Like, Ted, tell me he doesn't look like he's in jail right now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see people smiling like he is in jail, but he's he's in there. Dude, yeah, dude, hilarious. seriously. And like the lighting even kind of looks like institutional. Right. You yeah, know? it's bright in here for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, Labor Day weekend was cool. I went down to my buddy Sal's place, uh, not playing stupid podcasts. You ever listen to that? You know, you know, Sal makes pulled pork. We had oysters. I was excited because Maryland was playing West Virginia. So I got up at Freaking sunrise, sunrise by myself, walked down to the water. As I said, I was meditating, and our buddy Sean was like, oh, what are you stunting now that you're up in the mornings meditating? I was like, I had a few things on my mind. I'm like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, great time. And then I was actually down in a coma the other part of the weekend. Shout out to uh, Peaks. What's it? Peaks and Pints. Cool little beer bar in the Proctor District. And I had a, Matt, you'll respect this, Black and Salmon BLT. Ooh. <clears throat> yeah wow black and salmon blt a little side salad like getting it done down in the coma that sounds good it was Ted, uh 
Oh yeah. Go ahead. You're a big high school football guy. Uh, have, have you seen, and a big, like, you know, Maryland guy, have you seen that thing, the cost of winning? No. Ah, oh, dude. Okay. For some reason, I thought you would just go off on it. It's like, okay. Well, sorry to hard subject change you. I just didn't even realize. I just, it finally came up in my, my search. It's like that high school, it's St. Francis. Is that a big one in Baltimore? Have you heard uh, of them? So they are now because they just pumped a bunch of money into that school. Exactly. So it's about the guy who pumped all the money into the school. He's also the coach. He wears like a cutoff sleeve thing. And uh, yeah, he sent like 15 people to the league or something like that in his first year. And now he's he's coaching in Michigan, but it's a little Netflix documentary about it. I think you would really like it. I believe they played to math and it. it's called The Cost of Winning. Um, sorry, that was just a, yeah. Oh, no, trust me. It's, a massive, it's a massive deal back in Maryland. It's like some of the old DeMatha coaches went over there and then came back. I mean, and like, look, DeMatha, we recruit, but like St. Francis is like flying kids in from California and stuff. So we're like, that's too much. Yeah, they recruit, recruit. But the guy made the point in it. He was just like, he was like, look, all the other schools do it. Like, we just do it better. And I was like, well, you know, he's not wrong. It's just, he's just an a-hole. But uh, no, really, yeah, cool guy, cool documentary. And he tries to get all the kids into into college and stuff. It's, I don't know, it's pretty endearing, but I just, I, I that's been burning a hole in my mind. And I keep forgetting to ask you. So, sorry. By the way, I've been using your line this weekend. Like, I don't like the guy, but he's right. But I used <laughs> yeah. it in like mixed company. And they were like, what do you mean you don't like me? And I was like, oh, no, 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 shit. Like, it's just a joke. It's a it's supposed to be a compliment. <laughs> yeah, I was doing, yeah, I, I don't like the guy, but he's got a point. Or uh, I would agree with you, but that we'd both be wrong. That's what I like too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely got that from somebody this weekend. They're like, "What?" I was like, "It's just it's a turn of phrase. Like, just, <laughs> just go with it. It's fine." <laughs> Dude, I feel like I use so many of like our little inside jokes with people, and I'm like, I- "I'm sorry. It's it's not. It won't make sense. Don't worry about it." <laughs> all, right, all right. Before we get into the other stuff, I had planned. So last week <clears throat> on Friday on the men's room, somebody called in with a, we were talking about bad dates. Somebody had a story about a girl's glass eye fell out on like a first date into her cup of soup or her bowl of soup, which is kind of alarming. But I took the stance of like, who orders soup on a first or second date? That's actually a good point, Mr. Smith. I mean, the glass eye thing would, God, that would be shocking. But you've got it. By that point, you already know it's a glass eye, right? Like you guys can usually identify them now. It's like a little off. I don't know. I'm just saying like, like, you know me, it, I just focused on the soup part, but it turned into a whole argument like Friday and Saturday down at Sal's and people were like, well, why not? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just weird. Like you, if you don't want to eat, you order a salad or something. Like, I just find it weird that somebody on a first or second date would be sitting there slurping soup. Yeah. Well, and dude, I was involved in a similar conversation. The real question is, what do you actually order on a date? Because I feel like everything's messy. Like even salad, you're like, and it's like those huge lettuce pieces you're trying to jam into your mouth or like, you know, you can't get something heavy. Really, the only recommendation I heard from our table was tater tots, which I'm like, I feel like most first dates, I'm not going to a place where they have tater tots. <laughs> what? I don't know. What do you yeah. order on dates, Ted? I mean, if it's like a first date, like we're probably just grabbing drinks. And then I was like, gonna say, don't just say beers. If that goes well, then we'll then we'll get an actual dinner on the second date. But I don't know. I feel like sushi is always kind of a classy date, and then uh, it also depends on what the other person like. So like the last time I like had like a second date, 
I knew the girl liked tacos. So I was like, all right, we'll go, we'll go to, we'll go get tacos. Now it was cactus. So it was nice. Dude, cactus is a good spot, man. I feel like, well, yeah, just for local Seattle people. I feel like people assume it's like this giant chain. They should have four locations. I love cactus. I always have a good time. But I feel like it gets the same like shame as like giant chains, like Outback Steakhouse, which I'm also okay with. Yeah. And I was like cactus down to Madison Park. So it's like, oh, we can go down and walk by the water afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I love Madison Park. I think it's a great neighborhood in the city. Not enough people know, of, know about. Sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll in. I love Madison Park, too. That was yeah, a good day I, spot. I don't know why. Just the idea of sitting there and slurping soup. So then it turned into a whole thing. People were like, well, what about gumbo? What about clam chowder? And I was like, look, gumbo. You can, you can get it, maybe a cup. But I just, I would find it odd if a man or a female on a first or second date was like, you know, take a bowl of soup. Yeah. Also, dude, you're taking a big dice roll with something like gumbo or clam chowder. You don't know what that's going to do with your stomach and you don't know what else the night has in store, but you know, you can guarantee a few things, most of which are not PC to say on this cast, but a few things are not happening that night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So then it turned into a whole argument that you couldn't. Matt knows what I'm talking about. You couldn't. He, get he's a bidet to- guy. Oh, Matt, I was using a bidet this weekend and I'm like, God damn it. It's hard to go back. Yep. God damn. What a time to be alive. Yep. <laughs> like 30 bucks, dude. Takes like five minutes to install. They give you the wrench. Live that life. Yeah, I tell you what though, that uh, I don't know if it's the same one you have, the tushy one. Okay, no, they're different. But I mean, you can that that volume goes to eleven. I think I had it at a three. It was like, oh, oh, I'm good. Yeah, (laughs) dude, we actually had that debate on the podcast at one point. I remember I was pushing Matt because I was like, what, you don't go full all the way, whatever. And he was like, no, dude, it's way too powerful. And then I bought the same one he had. And I do like a one, like he yeah. was right. It's like a pressure washer. I mean, you yeah. could, what's, is the word prolapse? Yeah. Anyway, I mean, <laughs> you get the idea. <laughs> Keep it yeah. clinical. Somebody yeah. else I was with was like, I'm going to go full blast. I was like, get in there, fella. Go ahead. Blast away. See how that feels. Yeah, seriously. That's first timer, eh? <laughs> that's an enema. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the guy who jumps on the mechanical bull. He's like, just turn it up all the way. Like, that's not really how this works, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we take it for a spin first? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, let's- our Cobb, you were uh, you were gone for a week. Now, I know you went to see some of our friends down in Oregon. And then you did go, well, you'd say it as much as you want, but you were in the desert. Like, I mean, let's hear about it. What, what happened? I mean, I'm still interested. Just your buddy. Like I got a couple texts from you and Joe, but I haven't seen, I haven't talked to anybody. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is usually the week that burning man is going on. The event was canceled this year. Um, so they weren't doing tickets or anything like that, but a guy went on Facebook and he posted a map and he put a pin on it and he said, Hey, look, I'm going to go out and camp in the desert. If anyone else would like to camp, here's where I'll be. 400 other camps sprung up a total of my guess would probably be 25,000 to 30,000 people out there. And it was wild. It went off. So our plan was to get an RV, uh, drive down there with a couple of buddies and check it out to see what was going on. Cause, uh, it was totally decentralized. So we weren't sure if it would be, you know, really cool or if it would be kind of crazy or if, you know, people would be firing off guns or what, but, um, yes, we stopped in, Stopped a couple of places. Stopped in University Place down in Tacoma. 
first of all, beautiful place right there by Chambers Bay. I love that neighborhood. I really had, ne- had never been there. Super cool. So anybody who lives there or near there, you're lucky. Um, great, great spot. Um, so check that out. Uh, saw a buddy to borrow some stuff from him. Um, a big speaker, like a, a, a USB speaker, Bluetooth speaker. Um, then we went down, stopped at a friend's uh, farm in Oregon. That was cool. Got to catch up with her. I uh, got to save some kittens from a house. So that was pretty cool. No big All deal. Right. Um, yeah, felt good. Uh, then we made, made our way to the, uh, another friend's sort of compound, um, Ted, you know, our buddy, Brad, his spot down in, uh, Southern Oregon near Lapine. Um, that was really cool. So we had to hang out with a bunch of friends there from our summer meltdown camp, uh, build some stuff. Um, and they have a cool little oasis near a pumice mine there. Uh, then we rolled into, uh, renegade burning man as it became known. Um, so within the Burning Man community, typically they call the real world the default world. Well, now within the Renegade community, we call Burning Man default Burning Man. So anyway, we were two layers deep in the onion. <laughs> so we're, we're two layers deep in the onion. Um, and it was, uh, we rode in, you know, we drove in across this giant serene lake. We got there at night. It's a dry lake bed. Um, it's just dust and sand. You probably heard Ted and I talk it to death. Um, but you can't see anything. Uh, it's just dark and there's one or two other cars on the horizon way out. So we drive and drive and drive a couple miles. And then you come upon this giant city, uh, of people that's all been, you know, uh, erected and set up in a day or two. Uh, we park, we go out and, you know, obviously we, we got into some things and, an hour later, I'm dancing on top of a giant, you know, that Star Wars, uh, Jabba the Hutt, his like big air cruiser thing that goes out over the desert. You know what I'm I, talking I mean, about, guys? No, that might. I don't know. Nope. All right. Well, people will know. It's the thing that um, uh, they take out to the Sarlacc. They have a big, um, what's it called? Like a plank that they have people walk and jump into this pit that slowly eats them over the course of like 20 years or whatever. But anyway, that vehicle, it was basically one of those, but, but with like, 40 hot chicks on top of it in thongs, just dancing, going off. So of course we climb on top. The DJ is incredible. We were just going off. It was honestly one of the best, best times I've had in, in years. So that was cool. Um, obviously the temperature and climate was pretty aggressive, but we had a great time. People were in good spirits. People were partying. Um, it was just, it was loose, man. It wasn't full on Burning Man. You know, there was some of the, the things I like about Burning Man weren't there, but the spirit was there. The essence was there. People were riding around on lit up bikes and driving art cars around and throwing parties. So um, I had a great time. I uh, really filled up my sort of spiritual, you know, reservoir as it were, especially with us not having summer meltdown. We met some cool people. I did a lot of shuffling, uh, a lot of dancing out there and just, you know, caught some beats. So that was cool great costumes uh bounded and yeah people were just people were in the zone man people were feeling it they love getting together and you could just feel like the the human spirit really because it's just such a menagerie of art and culture and vibrancy and energy and so it's really nice to plug into that and just dial in you know definitely is the kind of thing that makes makes life worth living for me and so just kind of recharge my soul happy i went it was a big dice roll but we had a good time. Yeah, I saw some videos today of like the drone Burning Man, like the actual. Oh man. my, dude, the drones were so cool. That thing was crazy. Yeah, look, I mean, just from what I saw, it looked awesome. Just like from video, I can't imagine actually seeing it. 
Yeah, dude. So we talked to a guy who was helping set that up. So they had about, um, say probably about uh, 90 drones or so all arrayed out. And then um, a bunch of hobbyists uh, who work in the drone industry put them up and they did a bunch of different crazy designs in the sky. It was like this coordinated flying. They were using a, you know, they, they program them all ahead of time. And then they had it turn into uh, the man from Burning Man and Burn Down. They had another one that was a temple. It was really cool. So they did these big drone shows and it was just a practice because they're going to um, incorporate them next year. So they were trying to show that they could do it safely. But yeah, we talked to a guy who worked on that team. He had built a bunch of his own like LED panels for his bike, just like total like nerd dude like me. And, or I guess I'm not according to this podcast, but uh, he just, he got super into his own project and uh, yeah, it was dope, man. So he just, he geeked out on it and told us all about how he, how he built it and these drones and stuff. Super cool. But yeah, if you want to look it up online, you can probably just type in like hashtag, hashtag burning man on Instagram or hashtag renegade burn, something like that. And uh, yeah, dude, it was awesome. It was massive too, Ted, just massive. Yeah. I'm in that Seattle burners group. So there was a bunch of videos from it. Yeah, it was, it was pretty live. That and we played some dodgeball, which was really fun. Man, I would have lit somebody up in dodgeball. I love dodgeball. Dude, we, Ro, uh, my buddy who was with me, Rowan, he threw a dot. We were talking about how crazy it looked in there. So we watched the drone show. We went and played dodgeball. He threw a ball and the announcer, he hit this girl in the face and he goes, the announcer goes, oh, I saw her soul leave her body. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it hit her pretty hard. But it's foam ball. She, she's maybe all right, or she has no soul now. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah, I was, I was like, I don't know how that one's going to turn out. I was doing the opposite. I was hanging out near water, uh, watching college football go Terps, and then uh, yeah, just hanging out in the city. But I mean, Labor Day weekend is always kind of a good time. Ted, real quick, college football question. I got to ask you, what what's going on with the dogs this year? All I oh saw was the God. score. I'm not, I wasn't going to bring up Washington State as a whole because the dogs lost to Montana and then the Cougs cooged it that night. And I'm just like, oh my God. Because I was like, so, right? So I'm down at Sal's. Like, we, I get, a, I'm way too fired up early. Watch the Maryland game. I'm beyond excited. During the day, I stopped to help, help with some chores, pick a little fruit. Uh, and then, like, uh, right, like the Hussy game kicks off. And our buddy Sean, he's, he's a big time dog fan. He's all fired up, but it's like they drive the field and score a touchdown. So now it's like 5 p.m. And uh, we're like, I'm like, I'm going to go down to the water and go swimming. And uh, like we come back up and it's like halftime or something. And I'm like, they're not going to blow this game. And then like I was out in the yard dicking around with like seven minutes left. And I just was like, holy cow, they lost to, to Montana at home. Like that's brutal. Hasn't that like not happened since 1921 or something like that? It was some like way, way back. It's only had, right. And it, there's only had like these football subdivisions, like basically Appalachian state did it to Michigan years ago, but that was about it. That's the thing. The Huskies are traveling to Ann Arbor next weekend to go play at the big house. Like schedule. Oh my God. Schedule's not getting easier. They're going to Ann Arbor after that. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is going to be a national embarrassment. I mean, there's just no way. I'm sorry, but there's no way. You lose to... You, you, wow, boys. I, all right. I, I don't even follow college football, and this is stressing me out, dude. That, yeah, like, it, you, you, dude, no chance. At the big house, at the biggest goddamn stadium in the country? Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Jesus. 
it was fun. It was just fun having college football back on. Hearing the bands, the drum lines, I was like, this is great. Like, th- this is what the fall's about. Plus, not going to lie, I think I'm a week or two away from opening up dip season. Wow. Boy. Oh, let's go. It's early, but I'm like, ah, Seahawks are playing. Like, might be time to open up dip season. Wow. Dude, if you, yeah. If you can't let your hair down now, when can you, man? It's been a tough year. I think I say open it up early. In <laughs> fact, dude, I'm going to be down in Austin. I feel like at some point I might even make a dip. That's how pumped I am about dip season now. It's an annual tradition, Ted Smith. It's a family tradition. <laughs> God damn it, that's good. Uh, all right, let's take a break here, and we'll, uh, we'll be right back. All right, as always, thank, to all, thank you to all our sponsors and everything they do for us. Cobb, is it time for some email? It is. And like I said, beaten cakes. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, dude. Sometimes the comp topics catch me by surprise because I forget what we talked about. And then I'll open an email. This one just says, Cobb topic. Do I smoke weed? (laughs) Um, uh, No. Why? Because of my job. It's not allowed and not worth it if it happened to get tested. If I could, I would. But I do take CBD. Cobb topic. Do Do you smoke weed? Why or why not? To the best podcast. Pause for emphasis. In all the land. All the land. All the land. Good evening, gents. To answer your question, I am one of the listeners who smokes weed. Started out as a... I think you're in the majority, mate. Started out as a way to ease the pain I get from IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, and to help me sleep, but quickly turned into something I did for fun. It's also a lot more enjoyable than drinking for me, as I drank too much in my early 20s and gave myself fatty liver disease. I can and still drink socially, but if I'm going to be partying, I prefer to have the devil's lettuce. Smoking has become an issue for me, especially during the pandemic, and that is something that I'm trying to work on. But I would like to know, what are your favorite strains? I typically don't know names of strains, and we'll just go with whatever the salesperson recommends, but I'd like to see where you guys stand. Thanks for your time and best regards. Any place, Chase. I'll tell you what, like, I generally just get like whatever, like cheaper Indica, Syndicate, uh, indica sativa hybrids on sale but i bought some months ago that i can't find again called stacy's mom on name alone it was awesome weed and it's literally called stacy's mom and on the bottom it says it's got it going on <laughs> that's awesome yeah because sometimes nice. weed you just buy it on name alone but like that that stuff was worth it oh totally totally Matthias? That's fantastic. Um, I have like this candy apple from, I forget the company now. It's one of the vape ones. I just know what it looks like. And uh, I don't know. It's a good sativa. It makes me creative. It's behind most of the social media on by the body fitness. If anyone's wondering, I feel very comfortable telling that to this crowd. So, yeah, it's just a fun, creative, uplifting, like, daytime sativa. And, like, if you've listened to a lot for a while, you know, like, well, I'd like to smoke during the day, too. And so that's one that I've found that's just, like, awesome for what I do if I'm doing other work. And then I'm, like, talking to clients, you know, an hour later or whatever. Maybe I'm a little bit silly, but I'm not, like, completely out of it or anything. So, uh yeah it's it's a super chill one that i'm a i'm a big fan of makes me giggly nice i uh i'm a dutch treat guy i just like uh stuff that makes my muscles feel good so i can stretch out 
but that leaves my head pretty clear. And I feel like it's in like a little yellow. I just buy pre-rolled J's for the most part. And uh, yeah, that one always always does it for me. So that's my my favorite. That and Pioneer Squares I like. Oh, oh I love the Pioneer Squares, man. I got a, I got a bag right here. And Dutch Treat is one of the oldest, like, legit, like, strands ever. <sighs> yeah. You brought up edibles. Have you guys had the Give Me Some More's? No. No. Have I not given you one, Ted? Oh, they're my new favorite. It's a marshmallow coated in chocolate, dusted with graham, beaten, broken up graham crackers. And that sounds bomb. Fantastic. I also uh, I like the Moxie mints because you can get some that are uh, same percentage THC and CBD, so they still give you a little buzz, but also just really chill you out. Great for like. Uh, like a weeknight or maybe, you know, sometimes on Sundays, people start stressing a little bit because they got work tomorrow. That, that, that little CBD kick will help you right out. <laughs> uh, Cobb Topic, do you smoke weed? I do not. I work for a large regional company that is also a federal contractor. They can request a test at any time, and though it wouldn't be a fireable offense, the paperwork and discipline after testing positive wouldn't be worth it. All the land, name withheld. All the land. All the land. Yeah, that's a fair shout. I know. I feel bad. Sometimes people are like, what about CBD? And I'm like, I don't know how that affects a drug test. Yeah, I don't I don't know that much about how drug tests work. I thought it was good, but I don't know. Gentlemen, Cobb asks uh, why people should smoke weed. Over the course of my time on Earth, I've been known to dabble in the jazz cabbage. One of uh, my first legal jobs was at a a medical marijuana patients advocacy charity so I could spout all sorts of facts about health benefits. But the best reason I've found is that being baked makes it so much easier to be grateful for all the big and small things in your life. Amen, man. Amen. Seriously. That normally tasty apple, absolutely amazing when you're stoned. And you contemplate the incredible chain of people and machines and actions that grew that apple and took it from the tree to your mouth. Your usual sofa, the most comfortable thing you can imagine. And you appreciate just how wonderful it is to have a relaxing space in which you feel safe. Given that the psychological community's current consensus is that practicing gratitude regularly correlates more closely to having a satisfying life than essentially any other single behavior, one can argue that smoking weed will make your life itself more satisfying. And what more do we want at the end of our life than to be satisfied? As always, LARP on and C-Town, what? Carson, the lawyer. Nice. Good email. I respect that card. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, hey, look, I love going out and slamming beers, watching sports. But if I had to pick one, I'd pick weed. Yeah, dude, honestly, that was a, that was a great email. I mean, Carson's are always pretty on point, but dude, th- yeah, he's right. That's all upside. And honestly, gratitude is so important. I mean, when you feel gratitude, you know, it's almost impossible to not be happy. Yeah, and there's a lot to be grateful for. Very well articulated answer that I like to think I would have come up with if I had time to, you know, word it out on an email, but I don't even think so. Like that was <laughs> very well done, Carson. Uh, Cobb business advice. My wife and I are going to start a small food business and was thinking since you've done it successfully, uh, if you had any advice. Um, Let's see. Yeah, my advice would be to, um, instead of trying to be everything to everyone, uh, to pick one thing to be the absolute best at. You know, you want to have the best clam chowder in the state? Go for it. You want to have the best beef brisket? That's great. But yeah, I would say pick one category to absolutely dominate rather than trying to be 
you know, a cafe that does a little bit of everything um, and make sure people know the thing that you're the best at. So that'd be, that'd be my main advice. And then the other thing is build in more margin than you think you'll need. Um, and reputation is everything. Yeah. Um, I okay, agree we got that. that. I think there's a lot of businesses that get caught up in uh, making chicken or, you know, it's like we make burgers. And salads and fries and chicken. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, those places. Yeah. Don't be the jack of all trades. Um, log shows and the beginning of fall. All Greetings right. to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. Uh, Ted, if you liked that little log show at the Monroe Fair, uh, then you need to go to Deming next year. The Deming Log Show is an absolute blast to watch and a great campground to settle in at for the weekend. The proceeds of the show go to help injured loggers and their families. Mark your calendar for next June. Here's to Cobb sur surviving impromptu Burning Man unscathed, and let's get ready for sweatshirts and dip season. Cheers and happy Labor Day, fellas. Hammer. Yeah, you're goddamn right, Hammer. I was rocking a hoodie all weekend on the beach and then eating good food. I'm like, yeah, it's dip season's around the corner. Boys. Wait, Ted, how many years have we done of this, of the podcast? Price, that's a tough one. I'd have to remember. That's okay. You throw out an estimate. I'm guessing seven, eight. Dude, that's just, that's so cool that we like have been doing it for, you know, long enough that people know like we're pumped on dip season and hoodies, you know, it's like heading yeah. into the fall, baby. It's like, uh, I don't know. Everything's just a cycle and it's cool that people have been, been riding with us to the point where like. We're just a, a part of their life, you know? And it's like, dude, it's just, you know, it's like the, uh, it's like the summer solstice, man. Just want, it always comes after the thing before. And it's just like, yep, it's about to be dip season. And I like to think that the occasional listener enjoys some dip while listening to the podcast. And they're just like, well, honey, you know, it is dip season. You got a hoodie on. I don't know, man. I just, I think that's cool. Yeah. Well, somebody like me, that's a little prolific in making dips. Like, uh, I have definitely had people like, when do I get a dip? I'm like, you got to be dip worthy. You're, you're getting there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Hope they don't hear that. <laughs> Matt, you know me. That's something I'd say to people's face. I know. <laughs> well, I love you. Uh, Cobbs from work. So nice. Check out how much Cobb's popcorn I got from leftovers in my work event. LOL. Snacking right now on the company dime, boys. Oh, nice, dude. That's hilarious. Let me see if I can see who made them from this. Looks like it's uh, I'm zooming in. Uh, I actually can't tell what kind it is. Oh, salt blend. Nice, man. Uh, yeah, thanks, Kyle. Dude, and also thanks to everybody who left reviews. We ended up with like 79 of them. That was freaking awesome. I tried to respond to everyone. I'm sorry if I responded to your review by trying to stuff keywords in there. But it just something came over me, and I was trying to trying to up our search. But seriously, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was super cool. And cops popcorn needed it, and now we're we're dominating Google. So I appreciate you all. Uh, Whatever I told you, I met. Uh, I was at a party a couple weeks ago, again in Tacoma. Uh, but I was talking to this girl. And I'm talking about pop because I'm wearing a Smith Family popcorn shirt. And I'm like, well, my buddies have another shop down in the Pike Place, and she's like, no, I'm from Cape Cod. And I'm like, you've got to know my cousins. And then she's like, I'm from Sandwich. And I'm like, my cousins are from Sandwich. So it was just funny. We went, and I'm like, guessing her age. I'm like, ah, th think about it. But you got to know. That, I'll tell you what. That Swiss Family Popcorn shirt. Remember when we wore it to, uh, to uh, Brody Fest? Like, I mean, we weren't there two minutes. And guys like, you know about popcorn? 
And Matt, it's funny because Cobb's like with me and I'm like, uh, yeah, I know about popcorn. What's up? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like us go to a tailgate and someone asks me about football and Ted's just sitting there licking his chops. Right. <laughs> Shout out to my man, Tony. Yeah, He's like, actually, Johnny Manziel really wasn't NFL size. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cobb Topic, episode 56. What TV show would be on 24-7 in hell? My first thought was the Cars for Kids commercial and sitting all alone in my apartment. I yelled out loud, yes, thank you, when Ted said the same thing. Uh, just left a five-star Google review for Cobb's popcorn. Brown butter and sea salt is crack. Didn't say that on the review. LARP on. Listener, since episode one, Dylan. Wow. Dylan's right. The, the brown butter is still probably my favorite. Your cheddar is delicious, too, but... That brown butter is so good. Dude, that's legit. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate that. Big time. Uh, that's it for emails, boys. All right, cool. Let's take our second break. We'll come back and check in with uh, what's matting and the cop topic. All right, well, welcome back. Uh, thanks for our second uh, sponsor there. Now I guess we'll see what's matting. Hey, hey what's good? What's matting? Uh, before we get to what's matting. Hey, hey what's good? What's matting? Whoa. Check out with what's Matt. Hey, what's good? What's Matt? Uh, before we get to what's Matt. Hey, what's good? What's Matt? Check out with what's Matt. All right. So, uh, well, my memory is only going back to Sunday right now because Sunday was a big day. And I remember how it started. Ted and Cobb. I watched my first F1 race. Oh, nice. Oh, boy. Sunday morning. Watched the Dutch Grand Prix uh, recorded. So at my own schedule, but my feet, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. So it was great because it's still Sunday morning. And uh, so that was a lot of fun just seeing it happen live. I thought ESPN does an awesome job with the coverage. Yeah, it's really good. And it's always that same announcer. It's like his voice, and you've watched the show. Like when you hear his voice, it's just kind of, it's just comforting. And He's then, good. yeah, that, I mean, that first laugh when they fire off the line, I mean, that, that's, that's arguably the most exciting part. Oh, it's so cool. End of the chicane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Sergio Perez for, you know, battling back from whatever last place and, you know, getting some points. It was cool. And I don't know. I was just fully into it because I knew all the guys. And then I was like, wait, what are these team changes? Right. Cause I'm new to, f1 the the series since so i didn't know i haven't been following the actual thing and i'm like who's this team it was alpine i was like who are they yeah that's like a newer one this year that i think used to be yeah i can't even remember what was the american reno is it reno yeah. yeah ricardo was at reno last year yeah and they became alpine this year um, yeah, but, they, but half of them still use Renault uh, uh, engines. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it all works, you know, but yeah, that was, that's something that I just really enjoy. So thank you, guys. That was fun. Uh, and then uh, the second half of the day was about things that I've come on this podcast and talked about a lot of times. I went down to White River Amphitheater and saw Hatebreed and Lamb of God at all the right. same show. All right, so I have a question for you. Do they always sell Liquid Death, or is it just because it was their show? I don't know. 
I don't think that's uh, I I mean, it's kind of a newer thing. Like, I don't remember seeing Liquid Death, you know, back when con- big concerts were a thing. But yeah, that was definitely funny story about the Liquid Death. If you're not familiar with them as a company, they make canned water and they say death to plastic and they have regular water and they have sparkling water. And, you know, I'm a big sparkling water fan. So we show up, we get a couple, we go back, we get a couple more. And then they're like, these are the last two. And so then like, this was like before hate breed. This was, we got one to make the opening lap, got another two. And then like before hate breed, we still had time because we got there very early. I've never gotten there that early, but I knew hate breed was on first. I knew I didn't want to miss a song because if you're five minutes late, you're actually going to miss three songs by them. because They're all very (laughs) short, (laughs) like 20 songs in a half hour set or something like, And so uh, before hate breed, we go over and like I found the last one at this at this random stand. And I in my mind, we had walked around and and noticed that they didn't have any more. So they're out of soda water from liquid death very early, which was in my eyes, a bit of an oversight on somebody's job. But, you know, water under the bridge. No pun intended. It was a great night. Uh, It's funny, like. Somebody probably just didn't think like, there's no way people are going to be pounding cans of soda water, but it's like, it's their soda water. And like, I don't like you're dealing with like, there's a good chunk of that, uh, that crowd that doesn't drink anymore. So they're going to pound canned soda water and it's your band. So I'm like, I get how that happens. But like, yeah, I mean, I've been at a bar before and we weren't drinking. And finally me and my buddies tell the waitress, cause it's packed. We're like, can you just bring us a pitcher of soda water? You don't need to keep running over to our table. Cause we, we're not making you a ton of money right now. Like we'll tip you later. Just get us a picture. And she's like, thank you. Yeah. I'll just bring you a picture. <laughs> like, Cause we're just sitting there That's like a move. Yeah. Just crushing them. Yeah. Ted, I feel like you could write a book on bar culture. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> be a fun one. Um, yeah. Hate breed was awesome. Shout out to Kevin Deers. Uh, from Loud and Local and Metal Shop and uh, all the stuff he's been doing online for those shows over the breaks. Like, he's just an awesome guy. I've been spending time with him uh, and met him out there. And he called Hatebreed, who have very uplifting lyrics, but he called them Tony Robbins core, which I just thought was hilarious. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So that would catch people off guard, but they, they do have a very motivating, uplifting message uh, for, especially for a band named Hatebreed. So it was great to see Kevin saw uh, Wyatt only and Malcolm from uh, his bass player saw Nate formerly of Celia. I think they're, they might be doing some shows again after all this, who knows, but yeah, saw, you know, saw some friends, saw Tony from uh window pain and who was on the podcast a while back. And yeah, so it was cool to see a few people and see two of my favorite bands at like my first show back. It was just surreal that that was the lineup. I didn't stay for any Megadeth. I, I love when Megadeth comes to town, but I've never seen them play. But one time, that's how I got to interview Zach Wilde. He was opening for them. And then this time they brought Hatebreed and Lamb of God through town. So <laughs> I will say, Megadeth I, fan. I can't sit here and tell people I sit around and listen to a lot of Lamb of God. But I've seen one of their shows and it, it was it was freaking awesome. And it was like a daytime performance and he still crushed it. Oh, man. 
Yeah, Randy's knees just have to be taking a beating because he still jumps off that drum riser and he's yeah, he's well into his 40s. But check out Iron Mike Savoya on Facebook and Instagram. He posted a sick photo of Randy in midair jumping off the drum stage as the flames are going off in the middle of Walk With Me in Hell. It was so dope. And I saw the moment happen. I was like, tell me, Mike or Neil, get that like to a two of my photographer friends. So yeah, shout out to Iron Mike. Check his uh, page out for that one. Yep. I saw the picture today. I think it might be up on the KSW website somewhere too. Cool. It is. It is an awesome photo. Yeah. Uh, good. All right. Well, is it about that time? Pew, 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 pew. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. Like I alluded to earlier, standing on top of, of that giant job of the hut art car situation dancing to some crazy uk beats sandwiched between latinas in thongs i thought to myself god man i am a 10 out of 10 happy right now i can't remember the last time i felt this good and so the cop topic this week and i'm curious to hear your stories don't make them too crazy long but a couple sentences if you want when was the last time you we're 10 out of 10 happy. Let me know. Email, email at thepodcast.com if you don't already know. Uh, yeah, literally the word email at thepodcast.com. When was the last time you were a 10 out of 10 happy? Boys? I mean, it's hard because it just happened. But Saturday afternoon, Maryland beating West Virginia, eating leftover pulled pork, swimming in the sound. Like, that's a pretty happy Ted Smith. But uh I would say in June when I was down in South Carolina, seeing those dudes I hadn't seen in a while and there's a pool at the house and, you know, just like cooking good food, swimming in the ocean. I was like, this is, this is freaking awesome. Especially, and I know nighttime's more fun and the coyote's still in me, but daytime, just hanging out with six buddies I hadn't seen in years and just chopping it up, playing ass on an outdoor beach bar. I was like, this is pretty fun. Yeah, man, I love those moments when you look around and you're like, God, like this, what a time to be alive. And that definitely sounds like that kind of time. Uh, Yeah, mine was even more recent, Ted. I was just talking about Sunday, but in particular, I didn't go into details on when Hatebreed was playing. Like, I just, they were the first band, like I said, I got there super early and I just had so much space to myself in the seats to just like go completely ape shit, which every <laughs> other time I've seen them, I'm like sandwiched in the mosh pit and getting slammed around other people and stuff. And this was just like all the room in the world, just Tyler behind me and off to the side a little bit to just headbang f- chairs in front of me to like balance myself. If I just slam too far and like you can just catch yourself. It was so so therapeutic that band means so much to me their their lyrics resonate and like it it's so fun i just i i just when i listen to them i'm like it doesn't get any better than these guys like straight up you can only match how happy hate breed makes me and so to just like fully be able to commit to that and like you know not have other people it was just like perfect up there so uh, yeah, that was 10 out of 10 for, like I said, a half hour and 20 songs or something. Hey, that's rad. Yeah. My neck still hurts. <laughs> Dude, <I'm with> you. <laughs> I mean, 
that's the way it was for me. It's just like listening to the Maryland fight song, cheering, just like, ah, oh, this reminds me of the, you know, well, not the good time, not like Maryland's ever been that good, but like, fuck West Virginia. We got the W, the hell with them. Let's go. We're doing it. I mean, Maryland season, more juice. Oh, excessive juice. We're back. <laughs> uh, excessive little, juice and dip season. A little house cleaning. Uh, I got some time off coming up next week, so we'll, we'll take a week off, and then we'll be back after that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll keep doing them on Zoom because everybody, everybody's leaving Ted. It's all right. It's all right. I'll find other people to hang out with. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I'm heading down to Austin this week, and Matt's heading down to Palm Springs next week, something yeah. like that. So we're about yeah. to be a three-state cast, boys. <laughs> Interstate cast. Uh, again, remind people, uh, Cage Sports not on this weekend, so if you're going to buy tickets, don't, because it's not happening. Uh, other than that, tell everybody, you know, have fun this weekend. Uh, go Hawks, and I don't know, whether it's cooking something or wearing a hoodie, like, Falls here, enjoy it, and uh, yeah, man, go Hawks! It's time, baby. <laughs> All right, for for MCTP for Cobb and Lee Ted Smith this is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>